and able. The scriptures tell us to be able to give an intelligent reason for our faith. So this is going to be very interesting today. We'll start out with the word of prayer. Uh, Nikita, would you offer a word of prayer? Yes. Most honorable Father, in the blessed name of Jesus, how grateful we are for your word, the Lord, for the light that gives us. We ask, Lord, that you open our minds and our hearts and, and write your words on our hearts and in our minds. We will not sin against you. Help us to understand fully and completely and um, to understand the deeper messages that we give here in Jesus' name. And thank you. So I have a quick question for everyone. And, of course, feel free to answer. Um, how would you feel if, you, if someone asked you about your faith and you were unable to give them an intelligent answer or reason for your faith? How would that make you feel? I would not feel good about it at all. Wouldn't no. feel it good? would make me. It would make me feel that I didn't study, I didn't learn anything from reading and studying the Bible for myself. That I just read it, but it never sank into my heart. Ooh, that's interesting. Okay, anybody else? How would that make you feel not to be able to give an intelligent reason for your faith? That maybe I missed an opportunity to um, intrigue or really witness to someone about the goodness of the Lord. And afterwards, I would be trying to, you know, get a good answer. And hopefully I'll have another opportunity. But as we all know, sometimes you only sometimes you only have a minute in passing to say something to someone. So it should help us to prepare for that time. Yeah. Anybody else? Well, I, I agree with everybody what they said. And um, I would probably believe, feel confused. I've been in that position before. It's the person, they have a, um, it's a certain type of mindset they come to you with, an authoritative type of thing and all this good stuff. And um, they, especially people who are like, well, why are you worshiping that white God or something like that, you know, have that kind of talk coming. Mm-hmm. But I would feel like I let God down to confuse that I didn't have one and then like I let God down by not speaking up. Hmm. That's interesting. I remember um, when the kids won the McDonald's choir contest mm-hmm. and we were down at um, we were down in Florida at uh, what is that? What, what, where was that we went? Disney huh? World. I mean, yeah. Walt Disney uh, Universal Studios, actually. And, you know, the kids had on T-shirts that had the three angels on it. Mm -hmm. And so somebody asked one of the kids, well, what is the three angels message? What is that? Mm. (laughs) And they didn't know. They did not know what the three angels message was. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Was that a little kid or an older kid? Um. I'm trying to remember which child it was. It was one of the in-between kids. Hmm. And they didn't know what it was. And I saw, I, I told JT later, I said, oh, the kids have to know what the message is. If they're walking around in the T-shirts, you know? Yeah. 
I know I, those are all excellent answers, and each of us probably has a different answer for themselves. I would really feel ashamed. I would feel ashamed of myself, and like y'all have said, that I didn't pay attention or didn't study or could have done better, could have done more. I would just really be embarrassed, and I don't know what I would say to a person other than, you know, let me uh, get back to you on that, which really sounds lame when you have to say that you know, no matter what the topic is. So, yeah, I would really feel embarrassed. And like Lakita says, she would feel uh, embarrassed or ashamed of, feel like God would be embarrassed. What'd you say? You feel like you would be embarrassed? Yeah, I, I would feel confused as to why I didn't. Oh, that you had let God down. And that I had let God down. Yeah, that's worst of all, that God's expecting us to be his witnesses. He's expecting us to be his lighthouses, his light bearers. And then we get the opportunity and just totally blow it. You know, it's just really sad. So what can we do so that we can give an intelligent reason for our faith? What are some of the things we can do to prevent that from happening? Study for ourselves. Yeah, study what? Word of God. Is that the only thing we can do? Anybody else? Of course, we can pray. We can um, pray. We can t- do some testimonies. I think testimonies are real important because that talks about your relationship with God. And if you want to come from a biblical perspective, you know, because He died for my sins, then that's good. But also from a personal perspective, you know, since I've started serving God, these are the things that I've experienced mm-hmm. in my life. Okay, so we've got uh, the knowledge part and the experience part. If I tell somebody, if they say, um, why are you a member of this church? And I say, well, I'm, I'm a member because Brother McCray is a member. Does that sound reasonable? You know, Elder, I have to admit that, you know, it's different. And, and I'm not, I hope I'm not stepping on nobody's toes, but... I can remember being walking with somebody and we were doing something for the church. And the person asked, you know, what church y'all go to? And, you know, of course, you know, Northside Seventh-day Adventist. And before I could say anything, they, and the person just butted in and said, and I was born and raised an Adventist. And I was like, oh, my God. I mean, what do I, you know what I'm, I'm saying? Well, the person I was with talking to the other person and I just kind of froze because I wasn't born and raised the Adventist, but it kind of made me feel like this person thinks I'm stupid because I didn't get brought up in the Adventist, but at least I study and I know, you know, I know, I know why I, you know, I believe, but it kind of made me feel like, okay, since you're not, you didn't get born and raised an Adventist, this person, even though they're supposed to be working with you, they really don't want you with them because you're not as intelligent as they are. And I think sometimes, People like, I think I agree with Lakita, want to hear about your experience that God has brought you through, even though it's important to know that you were born and raised at Adventist, but you shouldn't throw that up when somebody asks you, why do you believe the what you believe? And I think too many times it happens to people. Mm. Very interesting. Very interesting. Have anybody ever said, uh, uh, been talking to somebody and they say, what do you believe? And then you break out or somebody else break out and say, my church believes so-and-so. 
And then they say, I didn't ask what your church believes. I asked, what do you believe? Is there a difference? Amen. Is there a difference? Yes, there's a difference. It kind of goes back to what Lakita said about a personal testimony. We don't want to know what other people believe. We want to know what you believe and why you believe it. So you really should have a good um, testimony ready to explain why you have the faith in God that you do. And you know, you know, that's one of the reasons why I really love the uh, program that we're working on um, with Karen and Andre about testimonies in the church. Because I think really, people really want to know, you know, like firsthand experience, what has happened in your life that makes this, you know, um, a valuable experience for me. Why, why does that make a difference if you tell a testimony, a personal testimony, as opposed to maybe you quote some scripture? What difference does that make? Well, because, you know, when you feel hopeless, when you're in a situation like you're on drug abuse or you've been, you know, like molested or you've been poor your whole life and someone comes and they tell their story, which is very similar or exactly like your story, it just gives you hope. You know, it's kind of like everybody's looking for you, A, B, C, and D, you know. But um, we know, of course, with Christ, it's not like that. But if God, you know, like um, helped a person out with their substance abuse and you've been Satan and telling you that you just, you know, lazy, you're slothful, you'll never get over this. If he helped them, then there's really a good chance that I can get some help out there. And you know, for our young people, it's important that they know that because we come to church, we're not that perfect, what they say, holier than die. When they hear your testimony, they be like, oh, I didn't know that happened to you. And guess what? You know, and, and they'll start to bring up a conversation with you that you that you never expected. And they was like, I didn't know who to talk to about it because everybody seems so perfect at church, like nothing ever happens to them. So our youth, it's important that when we when we doing those testimonies, those youth need to know we weren't always this close to God. It took years, it took praying, it took studying. So that gives them that our experience makes them realize we're human. We're not these people that you done set on top of a mountain. Mm-hmm. Okay. I agree with that for sure. Anybody else about personal testimony? Why does it make a difference? What if I tell somebody your testimony? Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, Paula. Paula? I'm driving. I didn't know if I was... uh, Okay. In the Bible, I forget what verse, of course, but doesn't it say something? um, The people, there's a group of people, I mean, that saved will be uh the righteous saved will be in heaven because of the word of god and their testimony mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. does anybody know what verse i'm talking about yes. i wish i could look it up yeah um, um are you talking about in revelation where it says they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of the uh-huh. testimony yes 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 mm-hmm. yep. okay it, it, okay uh, does that apply to what we're talking about because i just signed on Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes, it does. I like that one. Because people can relate to, I've been where you've been, or I've done what you've done. 
And like Patsy was saying, people in church try to play holy. If 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 you had magic glasses and could see everybody sin, you would be surprised. And we are just sinners saved by grace. Amen. Yeah. Once you explain that, you know, if that gives them something they can relate to. Yeah. Yeah, I really agree with that. I just think the testimonies, you know, uh, we had a talk with our pastor. He was talking about the um, tithing, you know, well, stewardship, living a good stewardship. I think really one of the things I really want to do is have more testimonies, you know, but people have to be able to give them it within a timing because it's on the Sabbath. But I think everybody should have the testimonies. And I think it's kind of like not right for people to not have a testimony for God. You know, sometimes they say, okay, who have a testimony? Nobody answers. Like, you know, like my hair is still on my head is a testimony. <laughs> okay. Tori, did you want to I'm add something a, about it? I'm still alive. That's a testimony. That is yeah. a testimony, really. I mean, you know how many times Satan has had to snuff out your life? You know, if you look back through your life, you might have not have noticed it, but there are times when, you know, Satan was trying to kill you and you just escaped, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I have a quick testimony. When Tori gets done, I have a quick testimony. Well, uh, I heard the question like, uh, what's the difference between the two? And I agree with everyone. Uh, what Sister Lakita, Sister Paula is saying, you know, every, everybody can relate to some degree when it comes to an experience, even though the experience of life may not be identical. But they, human beings can relate to uh, human life, how we go about living. Spiritual things are spiritually discerned. Everybody don't read the Bible or can comprehend even the symbolism of the Bible. So when we look at what the differences is, when we talk about those testimonies, we talk of what God utilized in the experience of the testimony. He utilized it as a witnessing uh, tool for that person to understand that God is real and God is living within the person uh, and have brought out the person that that other uh, unique individual is speaking to. So now when we weigh uh, the difference of them two, they both are truly important. But as we have stated before, spiritual things can only be spiritual discerned and without the connection with the Holy Spirit, they will understand fully what you're talking about if you give them a scripture. But when you're talking about you know, unique life experience, that's something they can relate to. And, and that's what Jesus did throughout the parables of the Bible. Amen. Now, what if I tell somebody your testimony? What if they say, hey, I've been having a problem with drinking and I say, hey, you know, I know this guy, he had a problem drinking and blah, blah, blah. Do you think that would be effective? Yeah, I do. It I, just, it I don't think be. it would be as, it might not be as effective as coming from the person that had that experience themselves. Right. But, um, yes, I think, I think it would be, it could be effective. Why do you think that the angels weren't given the mission to spread the gospel message? Because they did not have our life experiences. They were not subject. They, they were unfallen beings, so they were not subject to the temptations that we were. They didn't have to overcome the things that we had to overcome. 
it goes back to what they can relate to, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, they've been in heaven while we on earth. They haven't been in an environment where they have to live constantly 24 hours a day up under, you know, the, the sin part, uh, the, the irritation or, you know, the temptation parts. And they are not constantly, you know, under this umbrella like we are. And this is what makes our, our uniqueness of life, you know, so valuable on earth as human beings, because those beings cannot, you know, phantom all the things that we have experienced. Mm, okay. So that experience goes a long way towards witnessing to people personal experience. But what about should we neglect? Uh, the Bible study part of it, because we can just talk about ourselves personally. Should we neglect what the scriptures say? No, no, of course not. No. Why not? We can just talk about our experiences. Because the Bible is what teaches us what manner of person we ought to be. The word of God trains us up in the way that we should go. Well, our... And I agree with that. But when we look at the scriptures, if we be honest with ourselves, uh, the Bible is the fulfillment of our experience. When we look at the characters that we read about, don't you sometimes find yourself in the scriptures? So, you know, it goes hand in hand. But we got to understand that, you know, when people, if they read the Bible, they can see themselves in it from other experience from the characters that is in the Bible, we are, we are all of us should be able to see uh, that uh, the Bible itself is just really the fulfillment of our experience, or it just really reveals, should I say, our lifestyle, even right now as we speak in them. Hmm. Anyone else? What part does knowing the scriptures play in evangelizing or witnessing? We got the personal experience part. What part does the scriptures play? Well, the scriptures testify of God. And um, the scriptures teach us what God is like, what real love is about. And so the scriptures, as we give to others what we've learned, hopefully we do it with a genuine spirit of love so that they can see Christ too, so they can really understand. Because people, you know, like if you say my father, um, our father in heaven, a lot of people haven't really had an experience of fathers. And or some people, fathers have just been terrible people. And so they don't really even understand, you know, like what real love is. So when we talk about the scriptures and we go to the scriptures and show them that love is not what they think it is, but it's a different, it's a love is about um, sacrificing and, and uh, being kind and all that good stuff, then they can get a different vision for life. Okay. And I think, too, when we take them to the scripture, we are glorifying God. We're saying to them, I couldn't have made it without God. And how do I know that? Because when you take them to the scripture and they begin to read with you, they, they can see how, you know, God God put in his in his scriptures, you know, that, if you if you seek him first, the kingdom of heaven, then scripture gives you the guidance on where God is taking you and where he's trying to lead you so he can save you. 
And that's important to let, to let those people know when you're taking them to Scripture. God, even though, because, you know, so many young people now, all you hear is, well, why God letting this happen in the world? Why God letting that happen? But when they realize you're going through something because God is trying to refine you and get you ready for his kingdom, but when you take them to Scripture, they can see God is truly still with us. He's just showing us this is what needs to be done in our character to be more Christ-like him. So when he comes back, he's not going to get us ready. We, we have to be ready when he gets here. Mm, have mercy. And another thing about that, why God has, I always wonder why people always saying that. No one ever says why Satan is doing the things he's doing in my life. Then, you know, it, it, does Amen. it does come down to God, you know, to God. And then if they did something good, people are like, oh, I was so lucky, you know, and stuff. Mm -hmm. The Bible gives you hope. You know, I came into the church because I needed hope. You know, I wanted to get a job, which was really the worst thing in the earth to desire. But still, I wanted a job. And uh, I just thought that I could get it through Christ. I never did get a job. I got something different. But um, it was better for me to get what I got than what I thought I wanted. So, you know, it just gives people hope. And, and in this world, everybody needs hope, for real. Mm-hmm. And our experiences, we're talking about how God has blessed us. And Christ says, search the scriptures, for in them you find eternal life. And these are those which testify of me. So in the scriptures, we hear about what Christ went through and what he has planned for us. And as Tori mentioned, we can see ourselves in some of those biblical characters, you know, struggling with uh, decisions, uh, feeling repentant, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But we also find out about Christ through our scriptures and that's how we can share him with others. What other things do we see in the scriptures when we search the scriptures? Something that's when you look at the news nowadays and you see what's going on in the news and then you look through the scriptures. Is there something that you can see happening? Yeah, we see scriptures being fulfilled. Well, in what we way? We see prophecy being fulfilled because. The, the scriptures talk about the things that are going to be happening in the end times. And so we see the fulfillment of those things that have been prophesied. And so we see that the scriptures are true. By the things that are being prophesied, what happened? By what, what was prophesied and those things are coming true. Oh, okay. Patsy, what do you want to add? I was going to say also, you see, like she said, prophecy being fulfilled, but you see the compassion that God has for everybody. Everybody's going through something. But yet we see that, you know, with God, you know, we're going to make it. He's already won the battle. And when I see things happening on TV, I say the Lord has already said it has to come to pass. But he's going to be with us until the end if we just hold on. Hmm. Can someone name some specific prophecies that you've seen come true in the news or whatever? Wars, nations against nations. Um, disturbances in the in the weather patterns and conditions. Yes. Um, yes. Famines, floods, earthquakes, fires. Pretty much, pretty much everything except the second coming, yes. right? Mm -hmm. So and the thing is that amen. it's not. It's not just so things that somebody would say. It's not just so things are happening because somebody with their smart, more smart mouth would say that's been going on. But the record, the record number, when you know, 
can't can the earthquake recently how many were 55,000 people you know um they hit that tsunami. I had never heard of a tsunami before. Uh, fortunately, a little girl, she had, but she's in sixth grade. They had studied tsunamis a week before. She saw the signs and she said, it's a tsunami. Fortunately, her parents didn't just ignore her. And they start running down the beach and tell them to go to a higher level. And they saved some people. But thousands, 60,000, 70,000, so many people are dying in these um, these things, these Fantastic. natural disasters and stuff you know right. um, but you also see that you also see the miracle of god that them some of them people had been buried in that rubbish for the, for weeks and weeks and when they brought them out they were still alive still had the breath of life in them so that's a miracle from god amen mm-hmm. amen i mean and we're seeing the- strange things like things i had never heard of like sinkholes I mean, yeah, here, right. In the latter years, sinkholes. Then here recently, what is it? I don't remember whether it was California or Arizona. Got ten feet of snow dumped on them. Yeah, California, California. and close to LA. What? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it was a lot of snow. Strange, strange things going on for sure. Uh, why do you think God and you know when I was in school? high school for some reason they told us that it never snowed snowed in California so <laughs> I was like wait a minute in high school they taught me the wrong thing <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, you remember that song it never rains in Southern California mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. yeah, that was just an ironic song though because it always rains this is uh this is the verses that we are talking about and I uh, it says, for men should be lovers of their own selves. We see that on TikTok, mm-hmm. Instagram, all over. Covetous, wanting somebody else's stuff, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful. Oh, my goodness. That's like an epidemic of that, pandemic of that. Unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce. I'm going to have to look that word up, incontinent. Despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, this is verse four of the list. High-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof, from such turn away. This is the, know you not in the last days. Perilous mm-hmm. times shall come. Wow, what verse is that? This is 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's very interesting. A lot going on in as Lakita mentioned, we see we see that every day, those type of things happening. So why do you think? And God... you know, go ahead, Patsy. And you know, Elder, the the sad part of that is us Christians when we tell them, "Thus said the Lord," you can show them in the Bible where it is an abomination against Christ. But it's like you know, people standing around. You ain't got no reason saying God did. Uh, God is, it doesn't believe in women marrying women. And I'm like, it's not what I said. Just look in the Bible. I said it was Adam and Eve who got married, a husband and a wife. But, you know, society has got to the point that they're putting it on TV and now they want to push it to our kids. It's okay. And when you say, thus said the Lord, that ain't in the Bible. That's not what God says. It's like people get all huffy and puffy. Mm-hmm. And that's an excellent reason why we need to study, because we don't want to fall into the trap of following society. Society is usually wrong. You know, when people say in society says, oh, this is the right way to do things. 
and that's the wrong way. Then years later, they, they come right back and say, oh, no, we were wrong about that. Now here's the new way. But God's word never changes. And he's telling us these things in advance. Why do you think God tells us uh, what's going to happen in advance of this second coming? Why would he even say anything? So we can be aware. So we can, yeah. we can, so we can look prepare. at it. Go ahead. He never does. The, the scriptures say he never does anything without warning us first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you can look at the time. So like we see this stuff happening, you know, we see that in all of their craziness and the way things are done with the Republicans. On one hand, you think about the kids do not need to be exposed. I mean, we were, I wasn't anyway, exposed to an adult grown woman and grown man's sexual relationship, you know, as a child, they don't need to be exposed to that in school. That's not necessary. So, you know, on some hand, you think, of, okay, this, but then they got a whole bunch of other stupid stuff going on. So that's, that's neither here nor there. And I think God warns us so that when we stand before the throne of God, there's no way we can say, oh, I didn't know that. Because God's given us everything we need. He's given us his word. He's showing us the signs. He's warning us. So nobody can stand before God and say, I didn't know. Mm. Okay, also, so here's a, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Karen. Uh, I also think he warns us so we can be a witness to and warn others. I always liken it to a building that's on fire. Mm -hmm. So if the building is on fire and you know that the building is on fire, are you going to go to your go walking slowly down, you know, through your office floor and say, "Hey, the building is on fire." <laughs> are you going to do that? Are you going to say, "Everybody, yeah. the building is on fire! Get out! Get out! Get yeah. out! Hurry! Get out! Get out!" You're going to warn as many people as you can. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you're not going to just, you know, or say nothing even and just go out yourself. <laughs> here's a here's some more scripture that kind of uh, that talks about you know, what we're going through now. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God to a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is best forever. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections, but even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving them themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And I just think we really are walking around with a bunch of people with a reprobate mind. They just don't even see. Mm. They, they've been doing wrong so long. They just don't seem like wrong. What verse was that? This is um, Romans chapter, Romans 1, chapter 1. Romans Okay, so those, uh, of course, I really like this stuff too. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, adventures of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. 
who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such sins are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Mm. It's kind of, and then, you know, this is not really talking just about people who don't know God. He's talking about people who know God. And of course, as was mentioned, we see these yes, things amen. constantly. It's like a constant barrage of these type of things. And God is letting us know that he's soon to return. His second coming is near. And as Karen mentioned, we're not supposed to hold that to ourselves. We're supposed to get out there and let other people know about what's about to happen and that God loves them and wants them to be saved. His whole purpose is to save as many people that will allow him to save them. So it's our duty to get out there and let this be known that the second coming of, of Christ is soon upon us and we need to be preparing our hearts to accept him. Um, let's flip over a couple to this uh, sub paragraph says an impressive dream um, from where we're at. Go past one chapter to the next sub chapter An impressive dream. Wait a minute. Oh, I had a quick question for you before okay. you go there. So. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about warning people, I think about Noah who warned people for all those years mm -hmm. about what was going to happen. But because spiritual things are spiritually discerned, what prayer do you pray for people who have no spiritual discernment to hear or grasp or heed the warning? That God will give them uh, spiritual discernment. Well, well, you know, I've always prayed that, you know, for God to touch their hearts, because if their hearts ain't changed, they're not going to change their minds. So that's my prayer with God, touch their hearts, and, you know, and you and the Holy Spirit go in and move. But you have so many people now that have such a cold heart that there are people that's going to grieve the Holy Spirit. They no matter what God, what the Holy Spirit tells them, and I'm not just saying that, that it's the ones on the outside because God says there are flocks that's out there that he going to pull in at the last minute. But I said, I constantly say, Lord, not only touch their hearts, touch my heart too, that I will not turn to doing my own ways, my own thinking. And, and it's like I said, there was quite a few people that told me, why do you need to study Ellen White? And I said, because I want to know for myself. And it's like, they think, you know, they think that's the stupidest thing. You know, all you need to know is the Bible. And I'm like, okay, that's good for you. But I want to see some of her visions and how she, you know, enhanced and, 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 and brought it down to different uh, visions that she saw. And they're like, uh, well, all you need to know is the Bible. But that's a way that if they don't study, it doesn't, it has no effect on me because I wanted to study to show myself approved. Amen. That's what it says. Study to show yourself approved. Mm -hmm. uh, very good. And as always, Karen, one thing that we can always pray for whenever we're wondering what to pray for is ask for God's Holy Spirit to do his work on whomever it is, ourselves or someone else. Ask God's Spirit to take control of the situation because nothing we can do can convince a person. Uh, but God's Spirit is a miracle worker and he knows exactly what to say to people exactly where to lead them, exactly what situation to put them in. So that's always the top thing to pray for is the Holy Spirit's power. Um, on this one impressive dream, I'm glad our personal ministry leader is here with us today because this dream was very interesting. Uh, hopefully you all read it already. It's a dream that Sister White was given in 1886, and she was walking with a large company of people who were looking for berries 
you know, and then it talks about they had a wagon with provisions for the group uh, to go out and look for these berries. So if you've already read this, what do you think that she was saying? What were the why was the company looking for berries? Now, you know, in terms when I read that, at first I started thinking, you know, in terms of eating, because, you know, berries are good for eating. But <laughs> then, you know, I took it on a spiritual level that, that, you know, when you're out there, you don't know where God is going to send you. You may be with a company of people or you may just be with you and another person. But why? But on when it comes to those berries, don't discard the ones on the ground as if. Oh, no, you know, they, they live in a hood, and, you know, they're not going to be nothing. I don't want to talk to them. And I, and I, I, I kind of in my mind thought about, you know, how we do people, you know, even though we look at berries and we say, well, these are good to eat and these aren't. Don't we do that sometime? And I can only speak for myself. Having I done that in the past when I was growing up, looked at people, I don't want to be around them. Oh, they, they look like this, and they live here, and they on this side of town. And I'm like, haven't I done that? even though, you know, she's talking about a dream and an impression with the berries in the company. And I found myself saying, Lord, forgive me for what I've done in the past. Don't let me judge people. Like, like uh, uh, was it uh, Peter in the Bible called them unclean? And I'm like, I have done that, so Lord, let me never do that again. Because if you look at where I grew up at, then on, on especially back home on the street that I lived at, none of us should have been even knowing about God, because, you know, the community is, oh, they're the worst kids on Fifth Street. And, you know, all of them ain't going to, they ain't going to be nothing. And if we, if we look at her dream and she's talking about these berries and companies, not everybody is going to be wanting to win souls. But as Christians, we should be trying to win them and not tear people down. But don't we do that sometimes? We take the berries that's on the ground and we continue to step on them. Mm. instead of picking them up and giving them some hope in Christ. Wow, good observation. Excellent. Anyone else? What were your thoughts about those berries? Well, so she was actually talking about the berries that were higher up, harder to reach, but closer to home. And so, um, but then the people wanted to go further away, but they weren't really prepared to gather any berries, far or near. And so, what do you think? Were they gathering like blackberries or something? Raspberries? Uh, something like that. And so they really, they didn't really go prepared to gather anything because they, I guess they really weren't expecting to reap any kind of harvest. But they, they traveled, they, they just traveled far away because they were like, well, we didn't really think we would get anything close to home. And you know, we weren't expecting anything. So, you know, we just were really expecting just a, 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 a day of socializing with each other. Oh, you know, yes. spending time with each other. And so no. to me, it was really about, well, first of all, lack of preparation for anything. And second of all, like Patsy was saying, don't assume and don't bypass the people that are closest to you, you know, uh, mm -hmm. just because they may, they may be a little harder to reach. Okay. Anyone else? You know, you see a lot of things um, written within this particular category, whereas it sums it up 
you know, the last paragraph on page 46, you'll see the spiritual aspect of it. Um, and you understand it a little bit thoroughly, especially when you put yourself in it. Uh, you uh, ask who's speaking, what is it speaking about? If you start asking yourself questions, and then I believe the Spirit of God will allow you to be revealed, you know, uh, the spiritual portion of what God is trying to convey to the reader. Um, when we look at, <clears throat> excuse me, when we look at the precious fruit, uh, who's doing the picking and, and where are these precious fruits? And what is the significant about even trying to gather them in? So, you know, there is a, a really good spiritual application about the whole ordeal. And because, you know, once she's envisioning God, always relate to his people of things that, that we can, you know, understand on an elementary level. He don't get all deep into the prophecies of this kind of ordeal because of what God is trying to do is, He's saying, can I use you as a tool in a vehicle to along the way in journey to help uh, wash, you know, people's uh, mindset away from what they thought about? Because some people believe that no one really cares for them. And if we're not there on the journey just to let people to know, look at, okay, well, that's a dirty thought from the devil. Let me help you wash that away. And we start letting them know about the love of God. And, and then going back to what we was discussing in the beginning, as we begun um, our discussion about, you know, our experiences, you know, about the Bible. Uh, and then when we start asking ourselves questions, okay, God, well, who is it that you want to, be in this kingdom that you have built for them. You went to prepare that place for them. I suppose to be cooperating with you in their building that. And I understand that some of the fruits are gonna be hard to reach. I understand some of the, the fruit and the berries may be in difficult places. Um, I believe that God will allow his spirit to show up and show out as we submit and surrender in doing this sort of work, which is just cooperating with God and helping him build his kingdom. Yeah, I think we can all agree that, that sh this vision is not just about regular old berries. It's talking about people. It's talking about evangelizing and witnessing to people. And I liked what Patsy said, sometimes we think, the ones on the ground are no good and we even step on them. But this vision is saying you got to look and you got to search for them. And even the ones that are on the ground, pick them up and see if there's any good in them. So the point is about when we're doing evangelism work, not to overlook anybody, but to just trust the Lord's leading and know that there are berries everywhere you look. But you have to put some effort into it. You can't just walk around focusing on yourself and what you want like it said the people was busy eating lunch and playing games and stuff they weren't focused on doing God's work and doing God's will and he's saying there's berries everywhere but you have to be paying attention to where my spirit's leading you and 
pointing you out to. So it's talking about soul winning, this whole vision. Um, so she's also, she's hitting our, um, what, do you, what do you call it, scenes? our um, discriminations too. Like uh, you talk about the ones on the ground, but then again, they looked in the basket and they saw some big plum ones that came from the high bushes, you know? And they was like, we didn't think it would be any there. Oh, I think true. we're like that with, with people too. Like if they're making more money and they have things, we assume they don't need God. And so we're not really looking in those areas to find people who may be uh, needing God and stuff. So she's talking about our discriminatory stuff in our minds, our stereotypes of what people are and what they, their needs are. And, um, and we're overlooking various things right up under our nose. Mm -hmm. Souls for Christ again. And then it also points out, um, they, the people said, we've looked everywhere and can find no fruit. How come they can't find anything? It's right there. What's preventing them from finding the fruit? Well, they had pre, um, they had uh, already made up their minds that it was no fruit in the area, so they wasn't looking for fruit. They had said that we, um, we didn't think we would find anything so close to the city, and that we had just decided that we come out here with you, sister, uh, sister White, just as, and if we didn't find anything, then at least we would have a good lunch and we would enjoy the lunch. <laughs> So they weren't looking, they weren't expecting a blessing from God. They mm. just weren't looking for it and they weren't expecting it. Okay, Karen, what prevented them from seeing berries? I just think they had a presumption that they weren't going to find anything nearby. Um, preconceived notions that, yeah, well, no, there's not going to be anything here. So we're just not even going to look here. And you know, I see a common theme in what she's saying. She kept saying to go out. Some people just want people to come to them. She say, she she constantly uses that word to go out. But you know, I guess you and, and I'm and I do say the pandemic made people really lazy. Now, I mean, you could have called somebody on the phone, but many people just said, "Well, I can't go out, so there's nothing I have to do except just stay in my house." And I, and I think, you know, when Ellen White stresses to go out, people are not going to come to us. If we're part of God, God went to people to reach them where they were at. Mm. And what's the great commandment? Go ye therefore. So it is. We have to get out and do God's will. And it was uh, very interesting that Lakita was mentioning that the people just was going out for a good time, right? And they didn't really think they was going to find anything, as was mentioned, preconceived notions. Have you ever had uh, been involved with an outreach meeting and you put up some plans on what you want to do? And then somebody says, oh, we already been over there or we already tried that. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's just like Caleb, them. we be not able to take it. We be not able. It ain't nothing good going to happen. It's not going to change anything, you know. And as she uh, pointed out, too, that some of the folks said, oh, we couldn't find them. So we just went back to the wagon and had lunch and we'll rest a while. Then we'll go out again, just delaying things and trying to procrastinate when the Lord says the harvest is ready, but the workers are few. So the when work, God's Holy Spirit work is while it is day for the night soon coming. Yeah. When God gives you the desire and the impetus to get out and go out there for the berries, as we're talking about. That's the time to do it. Don't push it off. Don't wait. Don't try and 
tell God you got a better plan than his, but get out there and look in earnest and look everywhere as he leads you. Well, you know, I I ran into a similar uh, situation. We had to pass out flyers, and it was, uh, uh, I guess, a uh, evangelist service that uh, Pastor Barnes was going to do. And so I came, you know, I'm one of them early people, so I came and got me a bunch of flyers and stuff, and people was like, well, you know, so-and-so live in that area, so they're going to cover that area. Well, I wasn't going to wait. So I went ahead and, <laughs> you know, and I passed them out in the areas, and then when I came back, you know, to get some more on, the, on that Sunday or whatever, you know, they had a box out there, and they was getting the people. And uh, one sister said, well, I thought I saw you last week. So I said, yeah, I passed all of mine out. And I can name the places. And they was like, oh, sister so-and-so, she might be a little mad at you because that's where she lived. And she, wants, she wanted to pass out some over there. I said, well, go ahead anyway because it's going to be new people. And, you know, and like, you know, you know y'all taught me well at, at, at the top. I hit them laundromats and every places. And, they, and so I just thought, you know, it doesn't matter if I've already put flyers. New people are going to come in and out. So, and, you know, I got to talk to people and everything as I was putting them out. And I thought, I'm not going to wait for somebody to do something because God told me to go. And I had to do what thus said the Lord. And I know, like I said, you know, especially with people that's older, they're used to don't nobody go to this area because I live there. But there may have been people that God sent in that area that they needed to get that so they could, you know, join in. And so I just thought I prayed about it. I said, Lord, I hope I didn't hurt Sister So-and-So's feelings, you know, and the people that she was with. But I didn't think God told me to wait. Once I got my flyers, I just went out on the Sabbath passing them out. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And I think he brought up a good point where the people were saying, that's my area. No, it's not your area. It's God's area. God's area. Those are God's people he's sending us to look for. It's not like I have a monopoly on my subdivision. Anybody can come over here and do God's will and do God's work. But as was mentioned, sometimes people did, don't think they're going to find anybody. But like you mentioned, Patsy, new people come around all the time. Just because you didn't see any results uh, yesterday doesn't mean that it's going to be the same way today because things change. The Holy Spirit is leading people to that area. So we just have to be out there ready to um, find the fruit and then prepare our hearts as well as our minds to take care of the fruit when we do get it. Any other thoughts on that part? We were out in a neighborhood, a couple of neighborhoods down from the church. And we're going door to door, just knocking on doors, asking people about, or just telling them while we were out, you know, passing out pamphlets and flyers. And I don't know what it was. We got to one house and Karen went up to the door and I just stayed on the sidewalk. I said, you go on up. She knocked on the door and they came to the door and they started talking. And I, I just, I just, you know, I was thinking, oh, this is not going to be that big of a deal. Just leave them a pamphlet or keep going. She kept ringing the doorbell and they opened it and it ended up being Miss Betty. The lady mm -hmm. that is still coming to our church years and years and years later. Amen. So, you know, sometimes we get caught up in what people look like or a certain house or if nobody came to the door. You just don't know. You have no idea who you're talking to. You have no idea if somebody's going through something and needs to hear a word 
from the Lord and the Lord puts you across or sends you across their path. We, we know we get caught up when people, when, they, when the lighter skinned people see us and they clutch off their purses or walk away from us and we get upset because they group us together with, with all the black people. But sometimes I think we do the same thing from listening to this discussion. It's like we almost um, look at folks and already size them up and we have no idea. <laughs> we have no idea what's going on with them. And all we had to do is say hi or, or just strike up a conversation and you have no idea they might be looking for what the Lord brought you there for. And you know what's funny about he and I is that he's much more talkative than me in terms of people. Like he can go anywhere and just start a conversation with anybody. I'm more reserved than that. But when it comes to evangelism and going out and knocking on doors, I don't want to just put the pamphlet on the door. I want to ring the doorbell and engage somebody in a conversation if I can, you know? Yeah. And so that's what my mission was that day is like, I'm going to ring the doorbell. And if somebody comes to the door, I'm going to talk to them, see if they want prayer or whatever and invite them to come to church, you know? And so that's what happened with Betty. And I didn't want to just, okay, I'm going to put the pamphlet on the door and keep walking. You well, know, that's, that's how, uh, that's my goal. My goal is to ring the bell once nobody answers, I'm gone. <laughs> Hopefully put it on the door. I try to get out there as fast as possible before somebody answers. But one time, <laughs> but I really like doing the I uh, the thing I did like doing was the prayer on the parking lot as snooks doing those type of things. And mm -hmm. one day I was um out there, I was kind of feeling like, oh, I don't really want to go out here. But I went out and I started meeting my family. I met somebody named Larry. I have a brother named Larry. I met somebody named Lester. I have a brother named Lester. I met several people with the same names in my family. And then I was getting ready to get in the car and a wonderful person was walking towards me. And I said, uh, and I was thinking, oh, she don't want to pray me. You know, like, because um, I'm a wonderful person. I'm not a wonderful person. But I said, let me go ahead and ask her. And I said, uh, would you like for me to pray with you? And she said, yes. And I, she was very enthusiastic. I said, oh. And then I said, uh, what's your name? She said, Holly. Oh, wow. <laughs> I just, you know, I was just, I don't know what that meant or anything. It's just, you know, I don't know. I was just very happy that I did. The Holy Spirit was telling me to do it. And I was very excited. You know, one thing. Yeah, I'm a mess with them. Y'all don't, y'all don't, don't y'all X them berries out of y'all's life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing too, as we wrap up is, this vision, it talks about the different berries and, you know, where you'll find them, some close, some near, some high, some low, some are large, some are small. But also remember about the laborers, those who go out. Everybody's a little bit different, too, as individuals. Some like to knock on doors. Some just want to put the pamphlet on. Some want to talk for a long time. Some just want to chat and move on. So recognize, too, that the berries are all different. And the laborers are all different too. But what we're told, what we're told is that we have to work with zeal and earnestness and an altogether different object in view so that our laborers will be successful. We have to be diligent in going out to pick berries. Pick the berries nearest to us, then search a little farther away, then you can come back close again. So we shouldn't necessarily try and uh, determine who's gonna accept Christ and who's not. It's like if I ask you this question, what number am I thinking of right now? 
You could guess, but you don't know because you're not a mind reader. Neither right. are we mind readers as to who will accept Christ and who won't, or who will accept literature and who won't, or who will accept prayer and who won't. So right. our job is just be diligent, go out there searching for the berries as God leads us, and then to engage and let other people know, as we have talked about, that Jesus is soon to return and he wants us and he wants them to be ready and waiting for him. So uh, that ends our our discussion for today. Karen, what are we on next week? In, um, um, morning? Give me a second here. Okay. Pull it up. Appreciate everybody's input too. Again, always read ahead so that you'll be prepared uh, to let us know what the Lord showed you in your reading. So we are, let's see, we are on uh, testimonies. We're in the book, Testimonies for the Church, chapter 104, Conflicts and Victory. So Testimonies for the Church, volume one, chapter 104, Conflicts and Victory. Mm -hmm. Okay, and we're down at paragraph 598, right? Um, Chapter three, sketch of experience. 598.2 or something. Uh, let me see. I think we finished, um, that was chapter 103. I think we finished 103. No, this is 104. What I have marked is this oh. dream gave me some encouragement. Okay, wait a minute. Let me see, wait a minute. It's just after 598.2. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Yes. We're at 599.2. I'm sorry. We should be. What, which one did you say? No, 599.1. Okay. We had it starts just. off, this dream gave me some encouragement. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, we can start there. Okay. All right. Um, we'll ask Elder Tori if he would give us a closing prayer. Tori, we uh whenever you're on just jump in with your comments man we we all like to discuss so you just gotta jump in and hang on <laughs> amen amen it was good it was a blessing you know i enjoyed every bit of it um I, i've learned some things uh you know whereas the lord is really telling us you know to place those uh fruit bearing bushes right in the midst you know god placed them there and he expects for us to go and find them, you know. So I'm just grateful that we are called by God to do the things of God so people can, you know, unite with the people of God and become a people of God. With that being said, let us have a word of prayer. God, we are so grateful and thankful for a time such as this that we hear you speaking to our souls, O oh Lord, of what is expected of us, which is just to show your love to someone somewhere uh, somehow. So we ask, Lord, that you will give us the right mindset and the right spirit to do so. We pray, Lord, that these discussions and these lessons, oh Lord, would not allow, not just allow us to just to comprehend, but also to empower us when the opportunity come to show up for you. So now, God, we ask that as we depart from this discussion, Lord, we ask that you remind us constantly uh, during the, the day, during the week, oh Lord, that we just 
want to place ourselves in a position to be used by you. So, Lord, with that being said, do let your will be done in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Appreciate everyone's comments. Yeah.